So now going into, into the message, uh, we're going to be talking today about the Holy Spirit. And let me say this on the front side, that uh, the material that I have here is a series. Uh, there's enough in my, in my sermon that uh, I could preach a series on each, on each point. But I, I want for you guys and gals to, to get an idea, an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So when we mention him, uh, how many of you uh, understand who the Holy Spirit is? With a show of hands, just, yeah, well, wonderful first service. You guys are great. You're, but a lot of people don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. In fact, I, I'll never forget uh, years back, I went to uh, Las Vegas of all places. I just went to Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. But I went to Las Vegas to a, to a service, a funeral service of one of my relatives and, uh, and my best friend went with me, and we ended up staying at the Rio Casino, and we were there at the, because uh, my, my, I got to share this, my cousin sang at the Rio, and so she got us complimentary rooms, and how many of you know that complimentary rooms are better than rooms that you have to pay for? <laughs> yeah, it's always a good thing. So we got comp rooms, uh, really nice suite, and we stayed there, but I had become a Christian. I was walking with Jesus, and we were four years removed. He thought I went over the cliff, and that I went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And that night, as we were together, uh, he came to find out that actually he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for not knowing God. And he ended up giving his life to Jesus. But one of the, one of the, one of the, one of the questions that he asked, and it brings us to the message, is he, he, he asked me, he said this, this, this word, uh, or this, this verbiage. He said, I know who the Father is, and I know who Jesus is, but I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. And from that, from that statement, we, we talked uh, throughout the night about uh, what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit and who He is. And uh, the next day at the, at the funeral service, He gave His life to Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit uh, is, is very important for us to understand. So we're going to go to the Word of Truth. We're going to go to uh, John's Gospel, chapter 16. And we're going to read the first 11 verses. And from that, um, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to uh, just pull out and extract some takeaways that I think are going to help us to understand the Holy Spirit more. Um, now, remember this. this. This is the context, right? Chapter 15, Jesus had told his disciples that if they abide in him, if they remain in him, uh, they will bear much fruit. Because apart from him, they can do, they can do nothing. Okay, so he was, he was solidifying that they needed him to be the, 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 the most important anchor of their lives. And then he said, I, I'm going to leave you a new commandment for you to love one another, right? So he says, you disciples are going to be known by your love for each other. In fact, you're going to prove that you're my disciples because you love each other. Now, how many of you know this, that it's not always easy to love people? Even church people. Amen. Um, and, and I know that first service, you don't have a struggle, but second service, you know, they, 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 have, they have some battles going on. No, we all have those struggles. So he said, love one another. And then from that, from that very next statement, he says this, the world's going to hate you. Don't be surprised. So he goes from love to hate. And the pendulum just goes from one extreme to the other. So there's going to be love in the church, but there's going to be hate for the church in the world. And he said, you should expect that there's going to be hate because they don't know me, they don't know Jesus, and they don't know the Father. 
And so it's foreign to them, and they're trying to understand this. So everyone that's here today, most of you guys are, are, are walking with Jesus. You've received him as your savior. You're following him. Some of you guys are here, and, and, and you're, you're, you're maybe wanting to hear more. You're, you, you don't know yet. Uh, and, and then some of you are here just, just because you're here for the, maybe the first time, and, and, and you just came to church. I don't know what the reason is. You're list, listening online, and, and you're just... Something uh, drew you to, to listen to this message. And I, I, I believe that all of us who are here, that God's going to speak to us. And at the front of it is that he loves you very much. Amen? So he's, he's telling his disciples this. And the, and the very next, the very next uh, 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 passage, in 16 verse 1, he says this. Okay, I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. What did he just tell them? That the world's going to hate them. That, that, that they're going to have to love one another. I've told you these things so that you won't abandon your faith. For you will be, he's talking to the disciples, the apostles. So you will, you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think that they are doing a holy service for God. How many of you want to sign up for that gig? <laughs> and, and every single apostle, except for John, they were martyred. They were killed for their faith in Jesus. So he tells them they're, they're going to actually kick you out of the, the, the places that you're used to worshiping in. And they're going to think they're doing a service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. John 14, verse 7, he says, If you had known me, you would know the Father. He's talking to his disciples. And then Philip says, Lord, just show us the Father. And Jesus said to him, Philip, have I not been with you long enough? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He wasn't saying he was the Father. He was saying, if you've seen me, I'm the very representation of God the Father. Verse 4, yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, pause. When Jesus says when they happen, guess what? They're going to happen. They hadn't happened yet, but they were going to happen. When they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you for a while longer. But now I am going away to the one who sent me and not... Not one of you is asking where, I'm, where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for me that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, or your translation might say the helper or the counselor won't come. That's parakletos. Parakletos is a Greek word where we get the word paraclete, one who comes alongside of, right? The advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So someone tell the person next to you, the Holy Spirit is a him. Just tell someone, he is a him. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's the third person of the Godhead. And then he says... Verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin 
and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment, the world's sin, verse 9, is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. So where is Jesus at right now? At the right hand of the Father. That reveals that he's the righteous Savior, the righteous Lord. Verse 11, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Because the devil now has to take a second seat to, to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 says the devil is the ruler of this world and the world is led by the enemy, by the devil. And all of us before Christ, we were led by the enemy until we came to Jesus and he changed everything. So I, I, here, here's three takeaways that uh, I'm giving you a, a synopsis of the Holy Spirit, uh, but there's a lot more to unpack. And, and my prayer is that you will do some, some, uh, some, some study, further study uh, this week to, to help you to understand him in a greater way. I'm just going to give you a little bit of who the Holy Spirit is. And the first thing that I want you to take away with you is that he is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. When, when pressure comes because of our faith, there is a temptation to abandon our faith. Amen? When, when the trials of this world, when, 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 when things begin to go really hard for us, a lot of us will think this, these thoughts, where's God? I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Anyone ever said that? Why am I going through this? The helper is here. Jesus has given him to us. The Father has sent him to us so that we will not leave our faith. And so our faith will stay strong in him. He says, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. It's interesting to me that here Jesus said that I will send him to you. In a previous passage, he says, the Father will send him to you. But the Godhead working together. And when he comes, he will convict the world of his sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. What could be better than Jesus being with his disciples in person? What could be better? The presence of God being with every believer through the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus humbled himself, Philippians chapter 2, and became a human, 100% human. He identified with us. He was limited. At, he allowed for himself to be limited with time and space. So when Jesus was here in this place, he was not at another place. He limited himself and became 100% human, though he was 100% God. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit would be in a believer here, just like he's in a believer in Africa. The Holy Spirit is everywhere, omnipresent, always everywhere. The Holy Spirit would, would, would change this in every believer, and it's to our advantage for Jesus to be seated at the right hand of the Father because the Holy Spirit has been given to every believer to reside in our hearts and in our lives. 
The Holy Spirit is in me at the same time that he's in you. That's just, that's just like, woo. The Spirit of God is moving in Oracle just as well as he's moving in Catalina. He's moving in Tucson. He's moving in Florida. He's moving in Kentucky. He's moving in Africa. He's moving everywhere. And that's why it's to our advantage. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, he put it like this. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, he said, in in Christ, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So not only is the Holy Spirit filling us, he guarantees that we are children of God. He authenticates every believer. Every child of God, you are authenticated. You're genuine. You're the real deal because the Holy Spirit has sealed you that you are a child of God. And it's not because of you. It's because of what Jesus did for you. It's because you've trusted in the one that came and atoned for all your, inc- all your uh, uh, failures, all of the things that we've done wrong. Jesus has made things right with the Father through the cross at Calvary. But now he hasn't left you alone. He's given you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. You see, it wasn't anybody that, that changed PJ, uh, James's, uh, Pastor James's life. It was the Holy Spirit that was knocking on the door of my heart. At a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a drunk fest almost 30 years ago that said there's got to be more to life than this. It wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit that, that let me see my life for what it was and my life was headed nowhere. And the Holy Spirit began to nudge and I said, there's got to be more to life than this. And then I said this, God, if you're real, show me. That was not me. That was the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And and every person here that's ever put their faith in Jesus, you guys have been convicted by the Holy Spirit of God to tell you there's got to be a better way. And that better way is Jesus. And so he convicts the world of sin and and he reinforces the righteousness of God because he, he speaks to us that Jesus is the way. He speaks to us and he says, Jesus is alive. Because he is alive. And he does something in our hearts. You know, as I watched that movie yesterday, Jesus Revolution, and all those hippies that came to, to Christ. That, I'm just saying what the movie said. It could have been Vatos, right, on the east side of L.A., but it wasn't. It was hippies. But all these, all these people were coming, and they were coming in droves. All the psychedelic uh, drugs that they did, were not, they were not meeting the needs in their life. Those spiritual experiences that they were having were were leading them to a road of nowhere, but the Holy Spirit drew them and and Chuck Smith opened the doors of the church and they all came to Jesus. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. And then he establishes judgment. He he, he tells us that that there's something beyond. He tells us that that, that we need a savior, that that our life is dark without God. And and you begin to recognize that there's a difference between dark and light. 
Amen? That there's a better way for all of us. And, and so the Holy Spirit helps us. He, he, he enables us to, to overcome the things that we cannot uh, overcome in our own abilities. But he also, and believe me, walking with Jesus for 29, going on 30 years, that I can tell you this, that there are times in my, in my walk that I have been tempted to abandon my faith because of all the pressures that I face, but the Holy Spirit has been faithful. The Holy Spirit has stood by me. He's been there. He's my comforter. He's my helper. He points me to Jesus. When I want to take a, to walk out of the door, the Holy Spirit points me back to Jesus. He says, here's your answer. And someone needs to know that. You need to know that the Holy Spirit is here to help you with what you're going through. You don't have to do it alone. But the Holy Spirit also, second takeaway, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, not only is he present in our lives, not only is he present, he gives presence. He's a giver of gifts. How many of you in here that you've been walking with God, you've been walking with Jesus, and how many of you know what your spiritual gift is? You have a spiritual gift. Every, every believer, every follower of Jesus, everyone has a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, we see a listing of the, of the gifts that God gives. Now, in, 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 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is what we read, verse 1 through, through 3, and then we're going to read a little bit more. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities or, or spiritual gifts, literal, that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, when you were not walking with Jesus, you were led astray and, and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Notice how the Apostle Paul starts out by stating that you and I can't even call Jesus Lord without the Holy Spirit. That, that's confirmation because we see in John's gospel that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will testify about, about me, about Jesus. And the greatest of these testimonies is that Jesus is Lord. You'll never curse Jesus with the Holy Spirit filling your life. You'll bless Jesus and you'll find the blessings of God in Jesus. And, and, and in that, he, he gives spiritual gifts. Verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who works who does the work in all of us. You can see right there the, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, Jesus, and the Father. God works in us, the, the Trinity. Then verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Now, you should circle that right there. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. So every one of you have a spiritual gift, whether you're exercising it or not. So that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. 
The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, to another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from a, another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And can I tell you why? Because the Spirit knows best. It's so funny because, you know, the, the, the Lord has... has Given me gifts that I recognize, and and uh, and I know the more that I use them, the, the 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 stronger that I my walk gets. But more than that, the more that I use them, the better the the body gets. Because he goes on and he talks about how important every part of our body is. See, the pinky is just as important as my thumb. Just just injure your pinky and know how 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 important that is to you. Amen. Just like your big toe is just as important as your knee. And your elbow is important. And your wrist is important. Did you know that? Every, our eyes are important. Our ears are important. Every, every part of our body is important. And, and what I've come to find out is if, if you don't know what your gift is, if you haven't opened up your gift, then the body cannot walk in its fullness. Amen? The, the, the church cannot be what God called us to be until everybody is identifying their gift and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I, I believe that, that there are teachers in here that need to be teaching. I, I believe there's people in here that you have the gift of discernment that you recognize at times when there's an evil spirit from God's spirit and you, you, you just say there's something not right there. How many of you believe that that's important? Because not only can we discern that spirit, but maybe we can help that person that's, that's maybe uh, confined to that spirit to be free to walk in the Holy Spirit instead of an evil spirit. Amen? And, and so there's all kinds of different, different gifting that God provides for, for every person that's walking with him. In, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, this is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, and their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so here, here's what God wants to do in each church, because we're just a part of the universal church. Amen? And what he wants to do is he wants to mature you so that you walk in the fullness of Christ, so that his love abounds in every body of believers and that when people come in here, they see that God is in this place because if there's no love, there's no God. Are you with me? And, and, and we should be able to, working together, we should be able to help any person that comes. 
That needs a change in their life. They need transformation in their life because we know that Jesus is more than capable of doing it. But for some reason, God gives us the privilege of being his hands and his feet and his voice. Here's what I know for sure is that, that Jesus would do a lot better of speaking than James Reese. But for some reason, he, he's privileged me and humbled me to be able to speak his word. Are you with me? There, there's nothing special about James Reese, but there's something really special about his word. And, and it's the Holy Spirit who, who actually confirms that it his, it's his word working in your hearts right now. And he wants you to know that he never created you or, or, or brought you into the family so that you could sit on a pew week in and week out. He never created you for that. He brought you in so you could make a difference for God's glory. Every person is called to, to, to exercise their gift. Every person has something to give. Every person. In Romans 12, we read this. In his grace, that means you didn't, you didn't earn it. It's, it's God's gift. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. That's so good right there. So there are some things that I can do well, but there are some things that I do really bad. And can I tell you something? When I do those things that are really bad, I, 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 I do them most of the time because I need to because someone else is not doing them. Amen? Now hear me. What if that person that does that task well would step up and say, I want to do it? Guess what would happen? The body of Christ gets better. I could go around right now, you know, if I wanted to, and I, or I could go and I could go to every person and say, what do you do well? And all of you guys would say, well, I do the, I'm a good listener. Or I'm, or I'm good, I'm good with, with finances. Or I'm good with, with, uh, I'm good with numbers. Or I'm good with writing. I love to write. And, and, and there's something, some special uniqueness that God has shaped you with that you're able to do things that nobody else can do as well. And the Holy Spirit gave you that ability so that you could make not only the church better, but the world better. Amen? Because when the church is better, then the world will be better because we're the answer. Jesus is the answer, and he uses us as his hands and his feet and his mouth and his ears. So maybe you say, I'm not a good talker, but maybe you're a good listener. And some of the greatest healing that I've ever got in my life is by someone listening to me. With my wife, she doesn't need for me to give her three points. In fact, when she starts to talk to me, she'll say, I don't want three points. I don't need three points. I, I know what I need to be doing. I just need a husband that will listen to me. Don't try to fix me. Just listen. And that's a gift that the, that the Holy Spirit produces. So, so here, he, Paul keeps on writing to the Romans. He says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift, let me pause right there. So, so the, 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 the more that you teach, you have a gift in teaching. The more that you study the word, the more that you get in front of people. It could be a small group. It could be, you know, different areas of, of ministry. But the more that you do that, the more confident that you get in God. 
There, there are times that I leave on Sunday that I say, God, you were amazing. Because I could have never spoken the way that I was able to speak, but I know it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit. Every, every week that I come up here, I, I, I try to remember that I, I say, Holy Spirit, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe you're going to work, and, and I believe that that gift that I have, is, is not, it's not me, it's, it's, it's you. So he said, if you have the, the gift to teach, teach well, he says, right? If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if, if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Now, do you notice that these gifts were slightly different than the ones in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Do you notice that, that they were slightly different than the ones in, in Ephesians chapter 4? Because God is continually giving gifts to the church. We need the gifts. If you're a child of God, you need to start exercising your gift. How many of you walk daily just, just to get exercise? How many of you do it? Raise your hand. And if you don't raise your hand, you need to start. How many of you run to the kitchen table <laughs> or for dessert? Well, when, when you exercise, you get, you get stronger, you get better, you get more fit. We should all be exercising our spiritual, our spiritual gifts. Now, it's, it's also important to, to know that you don't earn the gifts of God. If you, if you work for them, then they're not gifts anymore. They're given to us. And the Holy Spirit knows what you need. In fact, today when we, as we close the service in a little bit, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal gifts. We're going to ask God, do you think that God would show up? Oh, I think he's here. But do you think that God would want to keep something from you that you need? And more than that, do you think that God would want to keep something from you that the body of Christ needs? The, the more that you exercise your gift, the more complete you are in Christ. Are you with me? So, so the, not everyone has the same gift. Praise the Lord. But we all have a gift, and we all need to use that. So we were in, um, you're going to think I'm weird, but you probably already do. <laughs> so we were on our way to Las Vegas. I talked about Las Vegas, how my best friend asked, you know, who the Holy Spirit is. That's been about 20 years ago. Well, that was my cousin who had passed away. Her name was Gay Lynn. Well, her father died last week, my Uncle Pete. So they called me or texted me, and they asked me to do the service for my Uncle Pete. So we're going down there. We're, we're getting ready to, to fly out of Mesa. Um, and I, I had my, my headphones on, and I was, I was 
prepping, uh, 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 looking over the message that I was going to be speaking there. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to share this with you, but God has given me the gift of tongues. So I speak, I speak in tongues. Now, you'll never hear me speak in tongues in front of the assembly unless there's an interpretation because you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and it says if you speak in tongues, make sure you interpret because if you don't, if you don't interpret, then people are going to think you're babbling, right? That's what the Bible says. You can check me on this. Chapter, chapter 14, he starts in chapter 12 talking about the gifts, but then in chapter 13 and he talks about if, if there's no love, then those gifts are for nothing. Someone say amen if you believe that. Okay, then chapter 14, he says, there's two gifts that I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about, prophecy, uh, prophecy and, and, uh, and tongues. He said, tongues edifies the person, but prophecy edifies the assembly. Why? Because it's understandable. You're not going to understand a, a tongue of an unknown language, right? You, you don't understand that. So when you speak in tongues, you don't, you don't know what you're saying unless you interpret. Okay, I'm saying all that so that you will not think I'm crazy. So we're at the airport, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on my, on, on my message going through that, and my wife is sitting by me, and, and, and she goes, I can see her, I have my headphones on. I'm listening to worship music, and I'm doing this, and she said, So I know I probably should take my headset off, my AirPods. What, babe? You're speaking in tongues, and everybody can hear you. Oh. Stop it. <laughs> and I said, do you think the Lord's telling me to stop it right now when I'm speaking in tongues? Why, 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 do, I, why do I sometimes speak in tongues? Because sometimes I don't know what to pray. Sometimes I don't know what to say. Now, when I come up here, I better know what to say. And I'm not going to use this, this mumbo-jumbo that I'm going to speak in tongues so that, you know, you guys will think something. I'm going to speak the word of truth in an intelligible language so that you're going to leave here edified. And I've, and I've grown in my walk enough to know that there's a difference. Are you with me? Now, some of you in here... Maybe God desires to give you the gift of tongues. It's, it's his doing, not ours. And if you don't speak in tongues, you're no less than, than anybody else. Billy Graham never spoke in tongues. And Billy Graham brought more people to Jesus than any other person that I know. Oh, that I wouldn't speak in tongues. So that I could be like Billy Graham and bring millions of people to Jesus. Do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? That the gift doesn't make you any better or any less. Just like our, big, our small toe, our pinky toe, is no better than the big toe. They both are needed. But, but you need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the gift that he's given you. Amen? He does not want to keep it from you. Because here, here's, here's the most important thing. So, so he's our helper, so I won't quit, my, I won't quit and abandon my faith. He, he gives me gifts so that I can be strengthened in, 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 my, in my walk, but more than that, strengthen the church. But here's, here's what it all boils down to. 
The Holy Spirit, he bears fruit in my life that I could never bear without him. That, that is the most important thing for every child of God. You can speak in tongues. You can, you can give all your money to the poor. You can, you, know, you can pray for people for them to get healed. You can do all these things. But if you're not bearing the fruit of Christ, it's all for nothing. And it's the Holy Spirit that works in us so that we will not walk in the flesh. If you have an anger problem, you need the Holy Spirit. If you have a, a, a lying problem, you need the Holy Spirit. If you have a, 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 a gossip problem, you need the Holy Spirit. If you have a problem with, with seeing things that you shouldn't be seeing, you need the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16 through 18. Paul writing, he says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Who, who's guiding our life? Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How many of us had some problems with our sinful nature this past week? It craves a lot of things. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the Spirit of God wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit of God, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. You're not under the law. You're under grace. And grace will do in you what the, what the law could never do. The law just tells you you're guilty. But the grace of God frees us from the guilt through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, because the Holy Spirit is with us, we're not alone. We're not abandoned. We don't have to do it in our own strength. We can, we can tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and we don't have to be addicted anymore. We can walk away from the things that had us in bondage. When the world tells you, oh, you Christians can't do anything. Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. Christians can do anything, but we choose not to. All things are lawful for a child of God, but not all things are profitable. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He changes our lives. We've got his guidance for every day. We're not under, the, uh, we're not under the, the conviction that the world is under, but we're under the help that he provides. We're not under the condemnation of the devil. We're under the freedom of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? That's important right there. Because the Holy Spirit is here to help your marriage. 
The Holy Spirit is here to help your singleness. The Holy Spirit is here to help your integrity. The Holy Spirit is here to help and enable you to have worth. For you know to try to find your worth in external things. I was watching this, uh, this uh, YouTube video, these twin, these twin uh, sisters, and I've been, you know, I'm trying to eat better, you know, I just try, I'm trying. But I can because the Holy Spirit is with me. And so I listened to these, these, um, these twins on, um, on YouTube, and they, you know, they, they're doing this, this eating, the change, their, their, their eating is different. And they, uh, they said, we, we, our goal was to lose 150 pounds. They were, they were pretty big. Their goal was to lose 150 pounds. And so they said, we got to that place. We lost 150. But um, when, we, when we got to the 150, then we were like, now what? Do you, do you, do you understand? What, what? So the world is chasing after things. And when you get there, it's like it doesn't fulfill anything. I want to get a trophy, and when you get a trophy, and now what? I want to get a house. I want to live in a certain place, and then when you get there, it's, and now what? But the Holy Spirit, he's a what? He's a, he's a what? Because all of us are chasing what the Holy Spirit pr- produces. Look at what Paul says. He says, when, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. It's sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. I lived there for a lot of years before Christ. The idolatry, sorcery, the word for sorcery right there, pharmakeia, where we get the word pharmacy from. You tell me if drugs do not put people in a spell. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, uh, dissensions, when people divide themselves, uh, division, envy, drunkenness. I know, praise the Lord, that no one in first service has been drunk in the last week. Wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living, and this is living, that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, don't fool yourself thinking you can live this way. God, God, God wants to take you away from that life. You know, when God delivered me from, 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 from alcohol, from, from, from drunkenness, he, took, he delivered me from drunkenness because every time I got drunk, I did stupid things. Not you guys, me. And so, so God delivered me, not so I could go back into it, so he could lead me away from it. He's, he taught me, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to dissipation, a wasteful life, but be filled with the, help me, with the, I can't hear you, the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not be filled with an evil spirit, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces, produces, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Everybody's looking for love. But don't be looking for love in all the wrong places. Don't be there. Don't be there. Don't be there. Don't be there. You got, you got to look for love in the right place. The Holy Spirit produces love. 
The Holy Spirit produces joy. Doesn't matter what you're going through, the Holy Spirit will produce joy. What circumstance that you're in, no matter what you're going through, no matter what, no matter if people are hating you, I've had people love me and I've had people hate me, but the Lord has always given me joy. Peace. The Holy Spirit produces peace. How many of us need the peace of God? Patience. Kindness. To be kind. See, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces in me to be kind to the people that maybe are not like me just as much as the people that are. Hear me. Hear me, Christian. Hear me, child of God. You want to be kind to the people that maybe align themselves with you, but you want to be, you know, you know, you want to give to them, to the other people that don't. That's not the way God operates. That's not the Holy Spirit. The, the word of God tells me that God gives son, S-U-N, to people who are righteous and people that are unrighteous. That's what God does. Goodness. He produces goodness in me. He produces faithfulness in us. He produces gentleness. Be gentle. Sometimes being right is not always right because you, you're, you're so right and you tell people and you, and you hurt people in the process. The Holy Spirit does things gently. And then he produces self-control. The Holy Spirit produces self-control. I got to remind myself that. So I was able to walk away from that, from the, from the life that was destroying me, the party life, which that party life for me, not, maybe not you guys, it produced unfaithfulness. It produced always wanting, coveting something else. So the Holy Spirit took me out of that. And the Holy Spirit, to this day, he's always working. He says, stay faithful. Stay faithful with your eyes, James. You don't need to watch that. That can, be, that can hurt you. That can hurt your soul. James, be, be, be gentle. You don't, have to, you don't have to get your own way all the time. James, that's the Holy Spirit. He, he works. So he takes me and says, you know what? You don't, have to, you, can, you don't have to eat a piece of cake. You don't have to. But Lord, I want to. Oh, so bad. You don't have to. But have you noticed, hear me now. That when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, it's always for our own good. I'm better when I'm faithful. I'm better when I practice self-control. I'm better with peace in my life than chaos. Never forget, I was at a had a luncheon with a pastor, mega church pastor, one day, and he ordered something, and he said, "You want, you want, you want this? You want a drink or anything?" I said, "Yeah, I'll drink a soda." And he was drinking his his brewski. I'm not talking about anything that if you drink that. The Lord, the Lord loves people whether we drink or not, because some people don't get drunk. I'll never forget this, 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 this meeting. And 
now we're dear friends. And he says to me, he says, James, that's really good that, that you don't go, go here with alcohol, he said, because this can become and has become my coping mechanism. There's a better way to cope, beloved. He's a better way to cope. He's a better high. He's so much of a better high. I think he's speaking to us today. He wants to come into your life and have fellowship with you. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God. I want to know your ways. I want to walk in your steps. I want to know your love. Because how can we give the love of God out if we don't know his love? How can we walk in the faithfulness of God if we don't know his faithfulness to us? That he doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us high and dry. He wants to meet with us today. I want us to stand up. If you will, please, just stand. As we sing that song, the spirit of the living God, I'm going to pray before we go into that song for an impartation of, of the Lord. I'm just praying that the spirit of God will impart in each person here a desire to know him in a greater way. Uh, I, I, I'm going to pray that, that the gift that he's bestowed on every person that's a believer in Jesus, that that gift will be surfaced in your life. That that gift will be utilized in the church to make the church what it's supposed to be. The church is the most powerful agency in this world. Why? Because God is here. And God is in his people. You're a part of the plan. You're a part of what he wants to do. So Spirit, Holy Spirit of God, we thank you for revealing Christ to us, for allowing us to see Jesus for who he really is, for making his words true. Not just something we read in a book, but they're true, Lord God. It's, it's the living word of the almighty God. Spirit of God, fall upon us. Spirit of God, we, we pray that, that, that you will move and that your gifts will flow in this service. Have your way in us. 
Lord, we, we open up our hearts and our minds right now. We open up ourselves to you, Lord. Do, do your will. Do your work. We understand, Lord God, that revival is not a place. Revival is a person. You revive us. There'll be times of refreshing, Peter said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Refresh the person that needs to be refreshed. The person that's, that's, that's watching online, I pray that they will that they will be touched as well. Open, just right now, if you're listening online, just open, just raise your hands to God Almighty. Just, just, just raise your hands and, and be open to whatever he has for you. We'll be very careful to give you all the glory, Lord, for what you're going to do as you draw people unto yourself right now. And we pray this in Jesus' name as we go into worship. I'm gonna stay up here.
Go in his love. Have a great week. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today.